0: Talk to us now and go to the TNT Radio Interactive live chat room at tntradio.live. Lighting the fuse for freedom.
1: Today's News
0: Talk Radio, TNT. The conversation continues with Tyler Nixon on today's News Talk TNT. Welcome to the inaugural edition of the Tyler Nixon Show here on today's News Talk. The up and coming network that's... uh, burning up the airwaves and bringing you some of the best content across the internet across the globe. Uh, I am Tyler Nixon, your host. Um this is kind of a relaunch of the Tyler Nixon show. Actually, I I hosted the Tyler original Tyler Nixon show on a uh an FM uh, terrestrial station back in Rehoboth Beach, Delaware. Uh and launched it for just over probably almost a year and a half and uh and it was a, a four hour long show and we won't uh we won't be that long on on this uh this edition here on uh, today's news talk it's going to be a very succinct uh show we're going to bring i i gotta say i looked through the the uh, list of people that uh, we're going to be interviewing and and asking onto the show and it's going to be amazing uh such a diverse array of people um just to give you a little background on myself because uh that obviously Uh, touches on why and how I got to know so many great, uh, great people over the years. I've been working in American politics. Excuse me. I've been working in American politics for roughly 40 years coming this March, March of 1984. I sort of had the political bug bit me as a uh, as a student, as a young student. I was only about 12 years old and uh, immediately began working for two campaigns, all that all through that year of 1984, which was uh, for those who believe in american greatness and uh who love uh our constitution and love uh you know an america that represents the best uh values in this world that was an amazing year ironically considering the uh year was chosen by george orwell obviously for the totalitarian uh dystopia that was portrayed in that in that book but the real 1984 for me was the uh sort of the genesis of uh, a lifetime spent. Uh, immersed in our politics and uh, involved in uh, the affairs of government and, and of course, law. And that year I worked for Ronald Reagan's campaign, uh, his reelection campaign, and another campaign in the state of Delaware, amongst others, of a gentleman named John Burris, who was running against none other than Joseph Biden, uh, who was re- uh, running for reelection for the United States Senate. Uh, so I grew up in Delaware. I've known the Bidens for years. I went to school with uh, Bo and Hunt in high school, and we were in church every Sunday with the family. And I have to say, as someone who uh, uh, grew up in Delaware and, and knew these folks up close, uh, I, I had worked against Biden's reelection back in 1984. And to me, it only became more imperative through the years that this man never ascend to what he has uh, seized, I believe, uh, 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 lawlessly and through fraud, which is, you know, the highest office in the land, the presidency. So we find ourselves in perilous times, but I certainly have a unique perspective having watched his career, uh, literally since age 12. Um, at, at that age, I began taking trips down to Washington on the train, the Amtrak, uh, as, as Biden himself was, uh, liked to portray as Amtrak Joe, the middle-class hero, which is a, a lot of, um, a lot of bunk. If you know the truth about the, the Biden's, uh, ascendancy as a Washington insider and a deep state player and a psychophant to power, um, Biden has always wanted to, uh, be the top dog. It's been his, uh, his obsession ever since he was elected at age 29 to the United States Senate in 1972 in a squeaker of an election. And, uh, he finally has achieved it, but probably is too uh, too demented at this point, too lost in uh, his mental decline to even really appreciate what has been handed to him. And so but anyway, I, I basically spent uh, my youth working in various political campaigns as a volunteer, uh, including uh, Pete DuPont ran for president. He was the governor of Delaware, a great man, a conservative, uh, someone who should have been uh, uh put into the highest levels of power who deserved and would have made a great president. But in that environment back then, um, it was uh, it was it was tough for someone to break through from a small state like that with uh, given the the media lock, there were only really three major news networks. Uh, CNN was on the scene uh, sort of as the first cable news network. back when CNN was really was a trusted name in news in the sense that they gave you straight news reporting. Uh, and fortunately now we've seen in all the legacy media, is just a, a, a total digression or degeneracy into into propaganda pure propaganda uh, there's no two ways about it it's not even it's beyond spin uh, it's not simply bias it's uh, outright propaganda for the uh the ruling establishment uh but to uh, a lesser extent or maybe a larger extent i guess i should say the democrat party which has become a criminal syndicate that has a death grip, frankly, on institutions in this country and has been working for decades, uh, leftist radicals to take over these institutions. And unfortunately they've had a high degree of success in doing so and in subverting the institutions beyond what they ever looked like while still donning the mantle of the legitimacy and the credibility that these had built up over decades, if not centuries as features of American life. So our battle uh, is one that I've been engaged in Really, since, again, since those since early days, uh, I went to, uh, as I mentioned, went to school, high school in Delaware and with with uh, both young Bidens. Uh, I went on to Georgetown University where uh, I spent a year studying with uh, studying government and uh, political theory and sort of decided for myself that I was academically burned out and I enlisted in the Army infantry. And where I served for nearly three years, an active duty enlistment as an 11 Bravo um, a ground pounder, basically an infantry rifleman, and in, uh, was stationed in Berlin, Germany. And this was right after the Berlin Wall came down. So what a fascinating and unique and privileged opportunity it was to be there in, immediately in the wake of the communist uh, oppression and the death grip that the Soviet Union and its uh, Satellite states held over the people of Eastern Europe and Russia and to see the difference between what uh, freedom and uh, basically free markets and free minds and free peoples uh, in in acting uh, in a consensual democratic self-governance situation, as was the case in West Germany versus the uh, absolute totalitarian police state that East Germany had been converted into by the Soviet uh. Uh, You know, it was a client state of the Soviet Empire, uh, with its uh, Stasi, the East German Stasi, and just the uh, the the economic death grip that central planning and centralization held over these people. It was still even forty years after World War II obvious when you would go from, say, West Berlin into the East. You immediately you could have your eyes closed, and you would be driving in any vehicle, and you would know immediately you hit East Berlin because. It would shake the uh, shake the lug nuts right off your wheels with the 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 dilapidation of the roads, with bullet bullet scarred buildings. Still, after forty years, they hadn't even repaired the bullet holes from the battle for Berlin. And it was there that I and and then of course the uh, the older West Berliners, the ones who who uh, at least had some sense of the war, if not were uh, elderly people who had lived through the world war, were absolutely. Uh, just they the gratitude was eternal in them for what America did to liberate uh, liberate that country from the Nazis and frankly for the Westerners in Germany, from the Soviets, from communism, uh, which was just another rendition of the totalitarian police state uh, tyranny that they had lived under with the uh, the Nazi regime. And uh, ironically, what I saw also was the younger uh, younger Germans, the younger West Germans, West Berliners, had nothing but sort of contempt and uh, derision for American forces that were were stationed there. And by the on the flip side of that, their their contemporaries who were East Germans who had just been liberated that the wall had just come down. It was still standing in many places. The death zones were still there. The machine gun nests where people were mowed down, who dared to try to uh, escape the oppression uh, and enslavement of the uh, Soviet uh, client state that was East Germany under Eric Honecker. those people, those young people, revered us just as the old Germans did, because they understood what had been, uh, what they had been liberated from, and what what they were being given in terms of the opportunity for freedom, for prosperity, for uh, just uh, the ability to just simply exchange goods and to to live a life that's not constantly under the overhang of minders and uh, bureaucrats and technocrats who would insinuate themselves into every little aspect of life. Uh, as we know it, and in 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 a way that is just crushes the human spirit and uh, leaves people miserable on an ongoing basis. And you could sense that when you would drive into again any any area of East Berlin or East Germany, it was so dreary. We went from the the neon and the, uh, for lack of a better term, but the brightness in uh, the clearly the um, the the uh, investments that people made into taking care of property, into setting up businesses, into Wanting wanting their surroundings to be improved, and wanting to live in a in a bustling uh, market, uh, free market society in which people didn't fear from uh, having the government kick their door in uh, at, at any hours and haul them away for some statements they made or for some sort of uh, activity, unapproved activity they might have engaged in, um, and you know this is what they were liberated from, and they fully understood it, and you could see the difference uh, in, in the what between oppression and totalitarian, uh, uh, systems like communism and fascism between that and what uh, free market capitalism, uh, and free enterprise and, uh, a, a, a sense of liberty and justice and the rule of law, what a stark difference it makes. And I think, unfortunately that has been lost today in this country and that we have many young people who have been indoctrinated wholesale into this, the delusions of Marxism and the, uh, the sort of, uh, the ever escaping or the ever elusive utopia that uh, Karl Marx, who is nothing but a, a basically a, a parasite and a grifter, um, had, has foisted on the world, or has been seized upon by those who uh, have designs on power and total control over humanity, um, and what they have uh, what they have wrought in this world are, are deaths in you know to the hundreds of millions over just a century of time. Um, people who have been starved to death, whether it be in communist China, uh, you know, with the the cultural revolution that went on there, we saw that they would kill their own people uh, by starvation. They would, uh, uh, you know, they, they had the, uh, in that cultural revolution, young people rising up uh, and rebelling against tradition, against uh, any respect for their elders or the people who had brought them into the world and raised them. Uh, and And a total breakdown of the family, all in service to the, Communist Chinese party, the CCP, which today has become a global threat, I think, to uh, to, to peace, freedom, uh, and uh, mutual um, self-interest uh, in a positive way amongst nations uh, has become a, a subversive uh, force that we have to deal with. And it, it is ironic, uh, I guess, or is maybe sort of perverse that we have an establishment in this country a uh, political establishment, the deep state, whatever you want to call it, um, that resembles the fascist dictatorships of Eastern Europe, of East Germany, kicking in people's doors, persecuting political opponents on contrived charges, making, uh, creating thought crimes, uh, unapproved speech. All, this, all of this sort of stuff, once again, in history and human history has reared its ugly head. And unfortunately, it's reared its ugly head in the one last bastion of freedom and the rule of law. And uh, justice, essential justice under a constitutional order, uh, where human rights and civil rights are, are were once observed, uh, and now this last bastion is under assault, and from every direction we can imagine, from within our own uh, within our own uh, uh, government, uh, sort of complex, our government uh, infrastructure, uh, and with people who are really not even ideological; they're just megalomaniac, psychopathological politicians and parasites. Who uh, basically see an opportunity to satisfy their urges and their cravings or their their impulses for uh, whatever it be control over others, to have some sort of place in the world that that sits atop others, and being able to uh, earn earn without working, to be able to be paid uh, for doing nothing ex- ex- except essentially being a barnacle on the side of the ship of the country, and. This is what we face and this is what we're up against. And over the years, I've met many, many great patriots and people who are uh, of goodwill, uh, of of kind hearts, who believe in the American experiment, who believe in our Constitution. And these are who I hope to showcase on this show in the uh, days, weeks, months and years ahead. Um, and the conversations, I believe, will be scintillating and exciting and interesting. And you will get to meet people who may not be necessarily celebrities or super well-known. Uh, some will be that, we hope, um, but they will be people who have uh, uh, the the greatest spirit uh, and great hearts and have been through struggles in life. And, uh, you know, they talk about white privilege. Um, I don't believe in white privilege. I think that's just, again, a, a racist canard uh, perpetrated by leftist uh, dividers and uh, uh, agitators who want to balkanize this country. But I'd most certainly believe in American privilege in the sense that we have the most uh, we have the greatest privilege on this earth to be uh, citizens of this land and to have lived under the uh, legacy bequeathed to us by the founders uh, and the framers of the Constitution. And I want to live up to that and I want to uh, honor that. And that will be sort of the uh, uh, the watchword, word, the uh, the the prime moving uh, motive for this show, the Tyler Nixon show, which is uh, fortunately appearing on Today's news talk, which I want to thank Mike Ryan, Kimberly Bennick, uh, Alex in production, uh, Brian Hesher McLean, Joe Hook, and of course uh, uh, Christian Morrison, and for all the good people at this network who are just some of the some of the kindest, uh, most professional people I've ever had the privilege to work with, and I'm honored to be part of this, and I look forward to uh, many many great. Uh, Many great great broadcasts ahead. And so stay tuned, folks. We've got one of the, who I've hadn't mentioned yet, one of the great, uh, I think, personalities and leaders uh, for reform and uh, accountability in government, Uh, my good friend, Joe Hoff. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. TNT's Misty Winston.
1: She says, how is anyone still talking about October 7th? What Israel has done since October 7th is many times worse
0: than what happened on that day by any conceivable metric. The only way to feel otherwise is to believe Israeli lives are worth many times more than Palestinian lives. How is Israeli suffering still being centered over vastly less significant acts of violence three months ago while exponentially worse violence and suffering is being inflicted by Israelis right this very moment? If your nation is attacked and you respond to that attack by immediately murdering thousands of children with incredible savagery, then you forfeit any right to expect anyone to give a shit that your nation was attacked. Israel responded to the Hamas attack by doing something much, much worse than anything Hamas has ever done. And in doing so, completely delegitimizing itself as a state
1: and completely validating everything the Palestinian resistance has been saying about the state of Israel since day one.
0: Misty Winston on today's News Talk TNT. Take us back in time and who was Mike Flynn?
1: He was the national security advisor to the president. Why is it that they go after me so hard? Why me?
0: Why does Barack Obama only talk about two people to the incoming president of the United States? When I was sentenced, the judge says, you have been convicted of lying to
1: cover up for Donald Trump. To which I say, cover up what? Russian collusion? There was no Russian collusion to cover up. We see in today's current uh, scenario with President Joe Biden, who came in with high expectations that he has been viewed as divisive. And we're committed to advancing transgender equality in the classroom. The liberal media say, well, this is his love for his son. And yes, he's gonna protect his son. But let me tell you, a lot of fathers love their son, but their sons had to go to jail when they broke the law. This moment, people see a lot of those telltale signs of a far left drift to the country.
0: Whether you're talking about socialism or you're talking about communism, socialism is just a kinder cousin of communism. But the goal is the same, for the state to have control of every aspect of your life. Multiple hearings on different agencies that have actually just gone rogue. They took fewer men in the takedown of El Chapo than they did to arrest me. And Comey went back to his organization and brought his other thugs together to basically give them the ground rules. Okay, here's how we're gonna, here's what we're gonna do. And now I need some ideas about how to execute this these last four years. We need basically an exorcism in Washington, D.C. When, you know, Satan is tempting Jesus in the desert, I'll, I'll give you all the riches of the world. I'll give you everything. All you have to do is bow to me. That's what Barack Obama has done. That's what Jim Comey has done. That's what these bastards have done. The Fall of Deceit at salemnow.com. Today's
1: News Talk Radio.
0: Come on, let the man talk. We
1: never censor
0: our hosts.
1: Good now talk. Uncensored News. Today's News Talk Radio. TNT.
0: Welcome back to the Tyler Nixon Show, the inaugural edition here on Today's News Talk, the uh, clearinghouse for some of the brightest minds and uh, most uh, compelling voices you're going to find uh, anywhere in the world on on politics and uh, government, Current affairs, global affairs, and one of the uh, one of the, in my view, most scintillating, uh, compelling voices here, and one a, a great man is my friend Joe Hoft, who is uh, joining me kindly for the inaugural edition of the Tyler Nixon Show. And Joe, it's it's a an honor and a pleasure
1: to have you with me on this first show. Thank you so much. I wasn't sure who you were talking about there for a moment, <laughs> but uh, I really appreciate it, and that's really yeah. nice of you. Thanks a lot congratulations so, by the way this oh, is great well, thank
0: you thank thank you Joe and Joe you've
1: been uh, Joe
0: has been uh absolutely uh just a uh someone who's had me on uh, uh his show so many times been very generous with his air time and I I hope to repay the favor and Joe I hope you'll be a regular on the Tyler Nixon show and I'm happy to come back on the the Joe Hoff show because uh, I think some of our conversations are great whether on air or off the air and hopefully we can share yeah. them with uh with uh, the T, uh, the TNT viewers and, and listeners so uh, you know you've been heavily involved in obviously uh fighting the the election fraud and corruption um I, I just want to interview you a little bit about your background because um you're not one to sort of toot your own horn to the extent it doesn't need to be uh, it isn't relevant to what you're talking about but i you know what give us your background you know wh- you where you grew up i mean i just want to know a little bit about you know who who the, who joe hoft is and what your uh what your life story hmm. is well
1: thanks tyler and great being here and yeah if we which just tell the rest of the hosts just take the take the evening off we're gonna get, we're <laughs> gonna just keep talking tell us when there's a break maybe in a couple hours when we can yeah. you know catch a catch a breath you know come up for air but, and, uh, yeah and that should be fun uh appreciate you uh you know having me on and, and it's an honor to be here on your inaugural show and I know it's going to go great and the and tntradio.live is thrilled to have you so welcome aboard this is really great and you've got certainly some perspectives that I'm anxious to hear more from as well uh you know let alone your relationship with Roger Stone and and being an attorney etc so look forward to hearing more and more about your story uh throughout the uh, days months and years ahead so welcome aboard um yeah my background uh, I don't know if you knew this Tyler I grew up in Iowa of all states I don't know if you knew that and a, a family of nine so I can wow somewhat relate yeah general Flynn family and nine and uh as well he was like I think number five I was actually tied for seventh with my twin brother Jim and um grew up in Iowa um yeah not much to say about that really at this point but um uh then uh moved to St Louis lived there for a number of years and then eventually had a move to Hong Kong for almost a decade and then came back to the States during COVID and and, and then landed here at, at TNT Radio Live. So my background is, um, and I do talk about this, especially when I'm, I I want to share about the 2020 election. When I'm talking about uh, the election or what happened, et cetera, I try to say, hey, and, and you know what? I, the, the main thing I want to say to people out there is you're right. And i've shared this at like a clay clark event you are right and and that's my message is you don't have to be a you know a rocket scientist or an international auditor or an attorney or anything to see what you saw in 2020 it was a scam it was obviously there's a lot broken here um what i attempted to do after the election after writing about it had some bombshells at the gateway pundit after the election, so bad that uh, there's this one entity, the EIP, that ended up uh, targeting Gateway Pundit more than any other conservative website, any other website after the uh, 2020 election. They prepared for this. They built in, put in place a scheme where if somebody put a big story out, they would, this group, would create a narrative against that story claimed that the story was wrong, send this messaging to Twitter. And then if it was, you know, if they had a hard time, then they'd just say, just censor the whole damn message. And um, it was called the EIP Election Integrity uh, Project. And the number one site that was targeted was Gateway pundit. And I really feel like the number one person was probably me, I, I, I swear to God, we were dropping bombs on this election because it was so broken. My background is um, for, so, for years, I, I have ten designation or ten degrees designations that I've earned over my career, including a CPA, MBA, a CISA, which is something that's kind of in the in my in in our business in the in in the auditing area. It's a Certified Information Systems Auditing designation that I got years ago. That. That also helped me dealing with data. I dealt with a lot of data during my career, did a lot of audits, did audits around the world, two to 300 audits, been in, audit, in front of audit committees around the world with various corporations, with various executives, um, and um, shared a number of messages. And uh, it was a big job. It was a great job. I, I Before being uh, this international executive out of Hong Kong, I was um, overseeing a billion dollar block of business the financial reporting on that and then and then before that i was traveling the world as an international audit director for a major fortune 500 company so i know a lot about auditing i know a lot about financials i know a lot about how things should work and when i looked at 2020 it was a total mess so as you know i've written three books on the uh, on 2020 Uh, The first book was setting the stage and where you look back and see all the planning that went into the uh, 2020 election. The second book was The Impossible Occurs, which is about, here's what happened. And at the end of every chapter, it hit me as I'm writing through this. It's like, well, here's the problem. This thing never should have been certified. I mean, of course, this stuff's crazy, but you wouldn't certify it. And I... and piece that really hit me and i was in a movie here recently david clements came out with a movie on it's called let my people go and in there i say this i say and because of this this election never should have been certified but th- th- that was it. it it was so broke it was so broken every area that i'd look at i'd say we'd never accept this in the corporate world and i sh- I share this a lot um it's it's like uh it's like, here's the deal I walk into an audit committee I I'm not you know I couldn't say oh by the way um systems aren't secure and we're going to use them anyways we're going to use them but by the way a bad actor could get in pretty easily actually and they could flip an election this is what we heard from Halderman's report here recently out of Georgia yeah and and we knew it we've known it for two years three years now and, when, uh, when, so anyways w- that, that's an example yeah
0: when did you get back from Hong Kong Joe to the states? What like what, yeah. what month year? What when so I, just, yeah. just so before I, the election, there, correct?
1: Pretty much. So I was there from 20 uh uh eleven or so through 2020. I uh, didn't start writing. I started writing, I wrote a couple books when I was over there. That's how I met Steve Bannon. He reached out and or actually I reached out to him and I interviewed on his show once when he was with Breitbart Bar. That's how I met Steve. He actually called me a couple of times when I was over there just to see what what's the feeling over there. But uh, wrote a couple books, was really proud of my brother Jim and all he was doing with Gateway Pundit at the time. And then in 2016, we were talking, and I started writing for the Gateway Pundit. And I'd start writing about a post tonight, even though I had this full-time position over here. I liked Trump. We both liked Trump. And I was seeing things nobody else was reporting on. I ended up getting two Back then, if you remember, 2016, Drudge Report was king. You know That was the oh, king of the yeah. news. If you got and, a and link you- from Drudge... Yeah. And today's today's headline,
0: I just randomly occasionally visit Drudge. Today's headline, Biden opens up wide lead over Trump. Quinnipiac poll. I'm like, give me a break. I mean, Matt Drudge, uh, he really just for him to sell out the way he did. But that's fine because it opened the door to frankly, And if folks who don't know the Gateway Pundit at thegatewaypundit.com is absolutely the cutting edge, the leading edge, for truth uh, and accountability in our government and elections, mm. and and you guys, I mean, they, I, it is just like I can never get enough of it. The coverage yeah. uh, hits so many things, all of the the critical stories, frankly, that the the legacy propaganda. It's not even media anymore; it's just a propaganda machine yeah. for the establishment yeah. that that they 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 gloss over, they ignore, they try to say they have been debunked, they poo poo. Yeah. The gateway pundit i mean you guys have done jim has uh, has done such an outstanding job and put together such an amazing operation um really should be the go-to for anybody who wants the uh the latest breaking news yeah. and frankly the truth about these stories that have uh you know the, the yeah. because the the, the 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 miasma the thick thickness of the lies that have been perpetrated about the election about biden about everything really i mean it's just Everything in this administration surrounding it is just I mean, if you thought the Obama administration was a deceptive, uh, you know, deceitful uh, propaganda centric, you know, sort of, uh, uh, frankly, corrupt, almost criminal operation, the Biden uh, residency is like that on steroids. I mean, it's like everything these people say is a lie. It's just a deception, yeah. a misinformation, disinformation operation on the American public, as though it was being run by an intelligence service that is adverse to this country and that wants to subvert uh, just the the general civil uh, society, uh, you know, the civil comity, um, and and any sort of predictability uh, and and uh, heritage that we have from the Constitution and basic human rights, civil rights. I mean, these people are dastardly. And you and uh, Jim and everybody at the Gateway Pun has done an outstanding job. So I want to ask you, you came uh, because, uh, you know, having worked with working with Roger at the time, obviously, uh, at the beginning of 2019 and it, well, into late 2019, he was being persecuted uh, until finally being indicted early mm. 2019 and then tried in November of that year. We were still paying attention, though, carefully to uh, the fact of you know what was this covid hope well the pandemic that was coming on and for those of us who have been aware uh and and sort of awake to how uh underhanded and and uh subversive and vile these people are i didn't from from the very outset as soon as i saw them talking about masks and the sort of mandates i i just knew that this was this was it. This was this was going to be a power move on their parts to try to dominate our society, to control people, to get people to be herded out of fear into uh, doing things that they would have never otherwise necessarily allowed, and also to distorting uh, the processes of government, to include and especially all the all the changes that were made. Uh, arbitrarily, if not, and certainly uh, unilaterally by governors or certain uh, bodies that uh, it, within the different states in order to open up these uh, fraud prone election processes, including, of course, the mail-in balloting, the dr- ballot drop boxes and all this. But d- let me ask you this because, I, you know, we had been talking, we saw this coming, I, you know, having cons- talked to Roger back and forth and those in the know. When did you really begin to see the connection or, you know, or did you before the election or when, when did it dawn on you that these people are going to cheat their way because Biden is not campaigning like normally he's campaigning as though he has no, no, uh, he doesn't fear for not winning
1: the race. Mm. Good question. Um, yeah. And, and yeah, so I started writing for Jim in 2016, by the way, I wanted to mention, I had the two top stories that Drudge two days in a row. Oh wow! I don't know if anybody's ever done that. Top story at Drudge, oh. two days in a row. I'm taking a ferry and the, on, on the way into uh, Hong Kong, and I'm seeing I just got the you know the top story at Drudge, and I'm wanting to stand up and scream and everybody, hey, that's top story at Drudge. Yeah. You know, this guy don't have a clue what I'm talking about. Half of them can't understand me, anyways. But um, that's uh, I was so thrilled. So that that started my my days at the Gateway Pundit. And I'd usually write an article, work all day, write an article that night, one over the weekend. and I was dropping bombs then, and then COVID came along and I dropped this one bomb. I was looking at, you know, my numbers, numbers are kind of my thing. I can look at numbers and 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 uh, that was the reason I ended up getting the Drudge links early on, these huge stories because I saw Ted Cruz was done. I could see here's the day going to be done and I nailed it and a month ahead of time and they, he put it up and he put it up when it happened two days in a row and yeah uh, two stories and just uh really was i was so excited then well, you guys you guys what ha- yeah, i was gonna say yeah, you know you, you
0: all put out the first data that, that exposed the fact of that this wasn't really what they were saying this pandemic this that's pandemic right. that's yeah, right and 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 it, so go go tell yeah. us about that but i'm curious yeah
1: yeah, I'm in Hong Kong. I, I was actually in China on January 1st, 2020. I'd actually gotten sick in, in 2019. Um, I don't know if I mentioned this to you before. I was in the hospital for five days in 2019. I told my wife, I can't taste anything. Finally, go to the uh, doctor. He says, wow. you got pneumonia. you got to send you in. I go in for five days and eventually they had different uh, antibiotics. Finally, he gave me something and, I, and, and sent me away. And I look back and i talked to some doctors about it. They said, you had COVID. That was October of 2019. Then come Around the uh, the actual event, and they started talking about it more. And then in March, Tedros from the WHO says, "Hey, we're basically we're all going to die. Three three out of a hundred are going to die. It's going to be horrible. It's going to be you know Spanish fever. It's just the worst thing we've ever seen." Blah blah blah. Scared the you know scared the hell out of everybody. The whole world was scared. And I looked at the numbers, and I, Jim and I didn't believe it anyways. But I looked at the numbers. And I'm like, and I could see that they were co-mingling numbers. And so. I did a piece on this, and uh, then Alex Jones had us on at Infowars the next night, and um, I talked about it. And I'm the only guy saying this. The guy before me, he's panicking, saying, hey, we're all going to die. And that's how most people thought. And I said, well, I don't know. I look at these numbers and look, it looks like it's faulty. That's my belief. And uh, sure enough, I was absolutely right. It's closer to the flu than it ever was any major league pandemic. It was was a lot. and not even
0: the the influenza of nineteen, you know, eighteen time frame either. It was just I mean, the numbers were as even not even comparable to some of the worst flus we've had flu seasons we've had on a general basis, yet people treated it like it was the black death or something. I mean, running around scared to death of other people, you know, total psyop on the American public. But when yeah. we get, uh, we're going to take a little break here real quick, Joe. Um, and when we get to the other side of the break. Um, I want you to talk about the censorship that you've uh, undergone, because I know that, that when you came out with that information on COVID and exposed that it was, uh, it was being inflated, at, you know, in massive ways, that's when I think the censorship really went into overdrive, certainly for the Gateway Pundit uh, and anyone Mm. who dared breathe a word. So uh, we'll be right back after this. You're listening to today's news talk, The Tyler Nixon Show.
1: Give me a minute with TNT Radio's Steve Malzberg. You know, there's no escaping from the liberal propaganda. If you sat down to escape into NBC's show, Chicago Med last Wednesday, This is the crap you had shoved down your throat. Wait, why are you moving my wife? Sir, please, it's just temporary. Hey, Mr. Martin okay what's going on did you two authorize
0: this mr martin my apologies it appears we're momentarily you think i don't see what's going on but you're giving all the rooms to them hold on same thing happened at my kid's school they commandeered her gym for a shelter look wait i assure you we have enough resources to take care of everyone. no we don't people keep saying that but we just don't okay the whole volleyball season got canceled and my daughter needed that for a scholarship and now my wife she's obviously not receiving your full attention how come nobody's
1: looking out for us a legitimate question they're kicking his wife out to make room for an illegal alien. I understand that this is an inconvenience, but we do need to free up this room. Okay, go no. ahead.
0: Get away from her! So Wait. Please, stop handling oh. me! Hey. Oh. Come no! Come now! No! No! Get away from me! Get Don't off! Calm
1: of Get off of me! Get off of me! And the racist white man gets taken away by the police. Exactly what he deserves. <laughs> Thanks for giving me a minute, I'm Steve Malzberg. Catch my show Monday through Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on TNT.
0: Our beautiful world is changing, withering, dying, by the hands of those who don't value nature, even though we all depend on it for life itself. But there is hope. Together with caring friends, the Nature Conservancy can restore our lands, and save our wildlife with big solutions only nature conservancy can restore our lands and save our wildlife with big solutions only nature can provide to learn more visit nature.org today you're with tyler nixon on today's news talk tnt well welcome back to the tyler nixon show at the inaugural edition and, uh, we're having a great conversation with, uh, another great, uh, TNT host, uh, the Joe Hoff show, which, which, uh, airs, uh, 10 AM to, uh, 11 AM Eastern time, I believe. Is that right, Joe? Uh, that's right. Okay. 10 to 11. And that's, uh, always getting the great guests and, uh, uh, Joe is obviously, as we've been talking about connected to the gateway pundit and is part of it is the gateway pundit in many ways. And, um, we, we are. Sort of doing a redux of the covid pandemic, the uh, the essentially psyop slash uh, almost really a subversion takeover operation uh, that I think was very long planned uh, even before the election fraud uh, plan. People think this just this stuff just sort of happened, you know, oh, it just happened that way. The Democrats just lucked into it and all these things just sort of fell into place to, to, to unseat a sitting president who had. Uh, frankly, been uh, supercharged, the economy who had had kept us out of foreign wars, who uh, was fighting uh, and being uh, beleaguered by uh, the most corrupt, uh, embedded, entrenched establishment forces with completely phony uh, persecutions, uh, lies. I mean, you name it. I mean, what has been thrown at President Trump is is beyond imagining nothing in our history, uh, in the history of, frankly, uh, the modern world. Uh, Has any single leader uh, of a of a free uh, democratic uh, republic, uh, you know, country of any sort of uh, popular consensual self-governance has had a leader who has has had to suffer this much of a sustained assault in every direction in the most despicable, deceitful, underhanded ways as Donald J. Trump. Um, And if anybody I mean, I think people of goodwill across the country. Uh, absolutely. Who may not have who may have for a while bought into the propaganda uh, that that uh, framed Trump that portrayed him as some sort of divisive, uh, you know, tot- a fascist figure. I mean, it's just insanity to call this man to even say he even resembles wanting to do anything uh, that would be uh, a dictatorship or be a dictator or a fascist. I mean, this is, again, typical you know, confession by projection by uh, these these leftist autocrats, these um, diabolical people who are really some of the most, I mean, I hate to use the term, they're evil um, with what they've done with Donald Trump, what they've done with pe- Roger Stone in particular um, and, and you know, Peter Navarro now. I mean, you look at this man, what did he do except simply ex- uh, assert executive privilege uh, in, in being forced to testify before what was a hoax itself? I mean, before what is a complete, again, psyop run by uh, uh, just yeah. deceitful Democrats on, on January 6th. And it's just been uh, blow after blow by these people, uh, against, uh, you know, the American Republic, against Liberty, against civil rights, against human rights, against the legitimate, uh, leaders of this country who represent its values. And what are the, the, uh, to me, the best values that you can find in the world. Uh, and they just want to turn us into another, uh, sort of technocratic dictatorship, like China, uh, who, who I believe they're absolutely in bed with and are, are would, would be fine with sowing chaos uh, using whether it be cyber warfare or, frankly, the invasion of our uh, country, outright invasion at the southern border. I mean, these are criminally treasonous. These are treasonous offenses, in my opinion. Um, and the fact that we're this slow to react to this, this would never have been stood for uh you know 50 years ago uh maybe even 30 years ago they would have i mean they would have really people took that seriously i mean you recall even bill clinton who has been sort of uh, at least his wife and in, in particular has been at the heart of the corruption and the cancer that's grown over the last uh 30 to 40 years clinton in 1995 uh, five, i was there at his state of the union uh, address on the floor when i was working for uh, house speaker newt gingrich he railed against uh, illegal immigration and and boy, they have just turned it around to where uh, clearly these people are not loyal to America anymore. Um, and the suppression and the censorship that they've in- engaged in is totally alien to our way of life and to everything this country's ever stood for. And Joe, why don't you give us a little insight into what it's like? I mean, what? and, and yet you guys have, have emerged even stronger. So I think it's more like the more they try to suppress and to... Uh, uh, to to attack and to do, belittle and defame and whatever have you, um, the the patriots in this country. The stronger we get and the, and the more we marshal our uh, our forces, I don't think they'd realize what they're up against. They think they're just going to topple this country's uh, uh, you know traditions and and our frankly our freedoms. They've been, they've got another thing coming because there are people who take it very seriously and people have died. And many, many people have, have, have sacrificed their lives for this way of life and believe in it enough. And frankly, it's it's consistent with what humanity wants. People want to be free. They want to be able to uh, have prosperity and they don't want to be uh, menaced by a bunch of third rate technocratic uh, chair moisteners and some some giant hive Borg, uh, you know, thousands of miles away dictating to them run by, uh, frankly, Third rate, I mean, these politicians, the Democratic Party is not it's not a party. It's a crime syndicate when it's not a freak show. But anyway, let me jump off this soapbox for a second and and tell us a little bit about the the most outrageous uh, uh, incidents of censorship and suppression that you've gone through. And uh, to, you know, in a larger sense, the Gateway Pundit has suffered.
1: Yeah, yeah. Thanks for thanks for asking. Yeah, really. Even jumping back to that uh, uh, piece that I was mentioning before, I come out and say, "Hey, this this COVID's not as bad as it as it should be," and I was targeted, media matters, doxed me, and I I uh, lost a job that I'd had for uh, twenty years plus. Uh, people loved me. I loved them. I had a twenty year anniversary that summer before uh, COVID, so summer of twenty nineteen, and these people came and said, Joe you know, we're having this, you know, surprise party for you, a large office in Hong Kong. They said, because, you know, we love you. I had the head of Asia say that, and the and the, and the COO of Asia say that. And I love these guys. We worked together. We were doing the, you know, working really hard, doing the right thing. and And that was pretty, I felt pretty special about that, being an auditor and doing the best job I could. I knew that I'm there to help. I'm not here to slam people and stuff like that. So anyways... That was kind of the, my the fall. I moved back to the states in twenty twenty. Then and then I and by the way, I was censored the whole time on social media. Gateway Pundit was censored. Jim was frustrated about that. I did a study for him in twenty seventeen, the year after twenty sixteen. We found that out of the top ten conservative sites in twenty sixteen on Facebook, ninety percent of their volume was gone within a year. It was just pathetic what they were doing. Sites like Western Journal and Gateway Pundit and others were just getting creamed. And uh, I had the statistics behind that. And uh, anyways, another piece then when I came back that that I wrote that was really big as I look back at this, I said 6% of all the deaths that they're reporting related to COVID or that are COVID deaths. I said, only 6% are just COVID. The rest have these other comorbidities. It's And mm-hmm. I took all this information from the CDC, from their website, and had about 10 fact checkers hit us. And uh, Jim's freaking like, oh, we need to freaking respond to this. And I'm like, no these people are liars i mean my god they use the same source some guy who worked at harvard they always do that somebody with harvard and people think that's important i guess and this guy uh you know it was a lie of course it was right we took it from the cdc everybody was writing six percent joe on twitter everybody was six percent uh trump retweeted it others retweeted it it was huge now looking back what i realized is my two biggest pieces that i'm talking about here that COVID's not that bad, and that only 6% of the people that are dying are actually dying from COVID, both, you know, diminished the risk of COVID. They both said the truth that this thing isn't as big as they are trying to tell us, because they're trying to scare, the, you know, scare us to death so that we would comply with all their requests, the shutdowns, and then hmm, the re- vaccines. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the well, man And so, I was gonna, yeah, well, I was going to say real
0: quick, I remember when Colorado uh it it valid totally validated what you would come out with early on when colorado had to revise downward big time like upwards of of one-third or more of the so-called COVID deaths because an example was someone who'd been killed in in an alcohol uh related motorcycle accident and was listed as a COVID death and this is when i mean this is when the lid was blown off and you were absolutely validated and it was probably even more extensively inflated than even even uh Even those those inflated numbers uh, demonstrated. But again, I mean, what's 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 most diabolical is this was not an accident. This was not an an error of accounting. This was a purposeful, uh, again, just complete um, uh, gaslighting of the public in order to instill and perpetuate fear in order to uh, basically validate these uh, extraordinary a a constitutional anti-constitutional powers they were seizing.
1: Yeah, that's right. And you know what? I've looked back, and I've talked to somebody before about this, even Mel Kay this morning on my show, and I said, hey, here's the deal. Hong Kong... Were, they were protesting all of a sudden COVID comes along you can't you can't protest anymore you can't get around people so they'd arrest anybody that was protesting take away all your individual rights now they're bringing chinese into hong kong making it easier for the chinese to come in and they're going to change the whole culture with this in volume of people coming in with the incentive to come into hong kong same things now happen to our country we are being uh our culture is being changed by the biden regime they want to get rid of this great america they're calling you and me you know people that uh you know, the terrorists of this country you know Biden and his you know Bi- we knew Obama switched everything on us and then and, and we're being censored we're being censored by our own government we found out too that it's the it's the Department of Defense the Department of State and other entities that are censoring us and and the FBI they're paying money to Twitter for example remember that the, the Twitter yeah. file showed that millions of dollars oh, yeah. to censor us now one thing I wanted to bring up too is, so I started uh, writing for Jim was very, very, I think, uh, effective in 2020 during the election. Because I'm just looking at this from a uh, from a perspective of somebody who's been in, in corporate. No, it's not right to have systems that have secure issues. We'd shut them down right now in the corporate world. You shut them down. No, it's not right to have processes in place that there's that that aren't working. You need to have controls. That, that absolutely ensure that nothing uh, bad can happen. You can't have one control that's out of place. I just did a study here recently and put it up at a at a website called joehoff.com and where I put this up and I say, hey, and Jim, then we put it up and yeah, we punted it as well. Hey, only a third of all the controls that need to be in place in the election process today in the U.S. are in place. Two thirds of the controls aren't even there. This would fail a financial uh uh reporting in a cor at a corporate level you could not sign off on the results didn't know it's not certifiable so this is the kind of stuff i've done and i've written for jim started doing radio wrote some books so i did create a site called johoff.com where i can share my stories can share my books and, and promote those and my writings and then also share these interviews that i do with great people like you and put them on on one site where i can share that focus on me So. Um, have kind of somewhat stepped away from the gateway pundit we'll still share key posts that i like there and see if jim you know is is open to putting them up but kind of stepped away from the gateway pundit um in in a sense Still well, you've got your you've certainly got your hands full
0: with uh, your activities and in, in and of yourself I mean, you're doing quite a bit you've got this right. show every day. I'm sure you have uh, high demands and you know your contributions no matter where they appear Joe would be v- invaluable I rem- I certainly remember your all those posts you're talking about was like, Thank God somebody has come out with this because it was exactly what I was just, you know, intuitively sensing was going on and just knew because of the way it was so s- systematic and sort of organized the way they did. The way they went through it. It was you could tell it was methodical how they went about, again, mm-hmm. gaslighting the public and in- instituting these uh, ridiculous draconian measures, the lockdowns the you know, the face mask stuff, the social distancing, all these like. Yeah. I mean, it's like who came up with this stuff i mean it was entirely too organized in a short period of time to have simply been impromptu yeah. or not pre-planned um you know and and it you know, you touch on a larger issue i think that uh i worked you know sort of in corporate uh corporate law corporate jurisprudence i when i got out of um uh, right out of law school i clerked for the delaware court of chancery and uh, which makes makes me look at this elon musk decision uh that if you've seen this with his um, the, the striking down of his compensation package and things ma- makes me think Delaware wants to, to, to uh, basically destroy the rest of its any prosperity it might have once had, because, uh, you know, people are gonna look twice at Delaware if this is gonna be the, ju- yeah. the decision coming out of the Chancery Court. But I say that because one of the biggest deals was its tests of fiduciary duties, right? You know, the duty of uh, good faith, the duty of loyalty, the duty of care, um, the duty of honesty and whatever have you. Um, I, you know, I said I used to joke, first of all, the biggest and and most reckless corporation on the planet is the United States government, if you want to get down to it. And they if they had were put to the simple fiduciary duty tests and obligations that any any random corporation would be under the Delaware general corporation law, they would have been this government would have been dechartered or whatever you want to call it would have been uh, uh, abolished or or struck down one hundred and twenty five years ago. And we've been living under this ever since this and completely out of control Leviathan that uh, if you want to. And I've said before, when they talk about protecting democracy, they're not talking about the same kind of democracy that we maybe so people of good faith who believe in the Constitution think about when they say democracy, replace it with our power and you'll know exactly what they mean. You know, we have to protect our power and either that or if democracy to them is the perpetual unchallenged uh, totalitarian rule by the Democrat Party so joe we just have a couple minutes left and uh you know
1: i just um what do you see coming dude we can talk for a long time i'm telling you <laughs> tell the rest of the shows shut down don't come in take the evening off we're just going to talk for the next 10 hours no happy to come <laughs> back anytime you know i i tell you what looking back you know too, the censorship's going to pick up they've even announced that they said we're going to really got to kick in censorship they're going to Continue with that. They're going to attack us, which they're doing, and that's what's that's the result here of of standing up and sharing the truth. And I look around; everybody that's sharing the truth is getting hit. They're getting attacked. Uh, Jim and I have a, a court case with Ruby and Shay out of Georgia, who they're suing us with with an army of uh, attorneys uh, because we wrote uh, the truth about what happened in Georgia on election night in 2020. Our elections are absolutely broke. We've got uh, fear uh, amongst a lot of people a lot of our politicians on the right don't have the guts to stand up and do the right thing and that's something that's uh some of them i don't even think are on the right they're democrats that are running as uh republicans our country's in real dire straits i think the only thing that will save it is if we can win this election now if we have a free and fair election a fair and transparent election president trump will run away oh, away with it but if we have the, an election like we did in 2020 or 2022, then we, we really don't have a chance. So we've got a lot of work. I think, I think the thing that should be the focus of every good American is, is to join these teams, help in any way that you can to ensure that our next election is, is free and fair. Biggest thing really, I, I'm telling you, there's going to be some court cases coming out against these machines that I think are very solid. There's going to be other efforts that are going to be coming out ag- against the, you know, this bogus process that we call an election that never would pass. Like you said, in in, in the the key element of having a government in the US is the election process. It's broken. Right. We've got to yeah. fix it. And there's a lot of work that we need to do. Amen. The consent
0: of the governed, it cannot be manufactured. It has to be uh, achieved through uh, elections. And I'll tell you what, I want to say that you've been on the the vanguard of fighting all of this. And, uh, you know, I think Americans owe you a debt of gratitude as well as uh, your brother, Jim, and those involved the Gateway Pundit for all that has, has been done. And we need to get rid of these machines and people need to realize you can't just be at sleep at the switch. You got to be engaged. So, and we're going to be engaged here on the Tyler Nixon Show in the uh, days, weeks, and months ahead. And we appreciate you tuning in here on uh, today's News Talk to the inaugural edition of the Tyler Nixon Show. And we look forward to and want to thank Jim uh, Joe Hoff for joining me. And uh, we'll see you next time.